episode 1078 in this irrelevant podcast here in orlando i'm your host cameron strang and joining me from loverland virginia it's jesse carey hello hello all right and i'm just right there i'm gonna break this is a weird podcast because Derek is out he's in la finishing up his his new album uh this week uh jamie's out as well so sitting in with us we are so excited our friend podcaster mc like there's so many titles so many titles. Please welcome from Los Angeles, our friend Propaganda. Hey, only when I get <laughs> an email, um, Jason. Do, 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 do. I'm <laughs> on Relevant Podcast. Yeah, I mean, I figured I'd throw that at you. What's going on? What is going on? I love it. I love it. That's the energy we, we were looking for. All right. So we're doing something a little different because we wanted Prop to join us not only today, but also on Tuesday's show, because today he's dropping the final part of his massive Terraform project. Uh, we've talked about it over the last couple of years. He's got the book, he's got the coffee, and he's been releasing EPs to go along with the themes of the book. Well, his final EP releases today. It's called Terraform, The Possibility, and it's incredible. You heard us mention it after our Montana trip and stuff, after we heard it. Best, best album he's ever done. So excited for you guys to hear it. You can hear it today. Now, Prop, what I was thinking is, since you're going to be with us both today and on Tuesday... It would be cool if maybe like today we talked about Terraform as a project. You could tell us kind of like your your vision for it and all the things you've that are a part of it. And then on Tuesday's show, after people go and like check out the album over the weekend, let's like dive into the album itself and like talk more about that on Tuesday's show. Is that cool? Yeah. For the listeners who don't know what you've been up to for the last several years with this Terraform project, tell us what it's all about. Thank you. Yeah. So 2021... Uh, I released a poetry and short story uh, book called Terraform. It was my first um, like published. Yeah, I did a self-published book before that, but this is my first like publisher published book. Um, and Terraform, all science fiction nerds, you know, you know, it's the process of making a planet livable, making it do what Earth does. Right. Um, and I just thought, man, you know, ooh, what if we uh looks like earth is getting less and less vis- livable whether it's the physical earth or the social interconnections that we have with each other so what if we thought of our lives you know our communities our earth itself you know our families and ultimately ourselves as terraforming projects right so that's so the poetry and the short story is around that now each of these books um or the book has four sections in inside the chapters, four movements, if you will, they're called the sky, the soil, the people and the possibility. Now, all four of those sections also have musical EPs uh, entitled those things. There's Terraform the Sky. It's a seven song EP. Terraform the Soil, 
terraform the people and then the culmination is terraform the possibility but as we were releasing those we were releasing other things and one of the things we released was the terraform cold brew which the last time i was on here was talking about us doing a canned cold brew that was tied to the soil ep you know what i mean and um because you know the soil sacred that's where coffee comes from right uh and the give that is attached to all of these projects is a organization called food for the hungry i got to go to ethiopia meet what we were building uh who we were supporting and um so we were like well maybe we could sell y'all's coffee like is that a <laughs> that could support right so uh so that was one thing but this friday is the final fourth and final ep each ep was produced by separate you know different set of friends one was nate uh the beat breaker who's Lecrae's drummer, an amazing producer, um, my homeboy, uh, DJ Malski, um, DJs for the Rams, uh, very close friend of Derek and mine. Um, and this last one is is uh, the possibility on Friday and it's produced by friend of the pod, King's Kaleidoscope, you know, and um, our boy Daniel Steele and this other group called Ollie, uh, who's a part of like that King's Kaleidoscope Northwest incredibly creative kind of circle. And it's, yeah, it's, it's the culmination of a, you know, really a four year project, you know, but uh, publicly a three year project. I'm excited. It's it's your best work. I don't want to talk too much about the album because we're going to talk about it more on Tuesday show. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the coffee. I didn't know as a customer of your coffee. I didn't know that you met the farmers that you were getting the beans from and stuff. Yeah, it's a whole partnership, man. There's like a whole interconnection so when so the the people that source it is is my buddies at onyx coffee lab um and they're the ones that kind of helped me when i was like dude i want to do a cold brew they were like we'll help and i was like what do you mean they're like well i mean we can <laughs> we can get you some beans you know and we make coffee so yeah. we make coffee so we were like they were like but we want this to be your project so where do you want the beans from and i was like actually i'm doing this thing with food for the hungry like it, you know we were able to loop around a bunch of different people mirror the people that make our cups uh you know they actually you know wanted to shoot some film in in colombia so they were like let's go do some tasting down there you know so i we went with onyx to colombia and then onyx was like dude we got this our buddy in in um ethiopia who has a family in the fairfax district which is like 10 minutes from me you know uh it's his family's plot in ethiopia Are you trying to go do that i was like i'm absolutely trying to go do that so i met the different farmers you know we cuffed it uh got to talk to them what's beautiful about onyx i think i said this last time is like their internal standard which is something that i've taken on is they pay 30 percent above market to the farmers for the cost of the beans um, as just the idea of just this is justice. If you know anything about the coffee industry, it's a billion dollar industry and less than 2% goes to the farmers. You know, So what we wanted to do is, again, this is terraforming, this is building the world we wanna live in, is like, well, we're gonna pay them justly. You know, So we know them, you know, know their family, seen the plot and we're paying them right. Rob, I, I think that's amazing, man. I, I've I've purchased uh, Terraform coffee, coffee. I can attest to it, its incredible quality. Also, my favorite mug I have, I think I've said this before that when you were on. Yep. The bottom is made yep. of cork, so it never needs a coaster. It's beautiful. It's it's one less thing I have to worry about is yep. finding a coaster. because it's, it's awesome, great design. But I do have a question for you about meeting some of these farmers. Okay. The question I have for you, Prop, is, you know, like I said, I've 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 had the coffee. It's incredible. 
But if the scenario ever arose where you meet like a farmer and he's like, you got to taste it, man. And you know, you're there on their land and you're like, I'm just not feeling this cup. This is, you know, maybe not the best thing in the, the world. Farmer? Would you would, like, it's like, because prop, you've probably been in this situation with artists. It probably there's, yeah, I can't, of course. I can't count the number of times you probably, yeah. someone's come to you and be like, Hey man, you got to listen to this mixtape. Yeah, you got to yeah. listen to this. And, oh my God. It's awful. In either of those yeah. scenarios, what is what, because like, if I'm at a restaurant, I never ask the waiter, Hey, what do you recommend? Because ninety nine percent of the and time, you reject it, just, it to his face. Yeah, it, it's yeah. like I, I don't want the shepherd's yeah. pie. As a matter of fact, but <laughs> at that point, that sounds awful. They're like, listen, the only thing I get here is the shepherd's pie. It tastes just like the one my grandfather used to make, and he immigrated from Ireland. I guarantee you, with the highest assurance, you're gonna love the shepherd's pie. And you're like, uh, you know, I think I'm gonna go corned beef. Caesar. I know I yeah. asked you directly. <laughs> See, I'm gonna for go me, I'm like, my my out in that situation is always like. Oh yeah, dude. I can't do dairy. Don't worry about it, bro. Like, I'm pretty sure it's good. I just can't eat dairy. Uh, like, there's no dairy in shepherd's pie. I, oh yeah, it's, it's yeah, yeah. But what about the coffee farmer? So the coffee farmer is different. It depends. Like, if he's selling me something, like if I'm if we're there to buy beans, right? Then there's a whole yeah. there's a whole grading system with like the quality of beans. You know what I'm saying? So usually, if it's really bad, I'll be like, "What else you got? You know, what else you got? Uh-huh. What else you got?" You know, what so if you want to just says, go through their different- What if he comes out and says, this is our this is best, this is our this pride is- and joy, this is the best we make, and you say what else you got. And what we can do, so there's, there's with coffee, there's outs. Because you could be like, yo, like, what, is this an heirloom? Is this a, is this a geisha, a robustica? Like, we could be like, yo, like, really, I just don't, I don't really, I don't really prefer heirlooms. You know, there's an out to, where you can make it about yourself and your preference of like, Ah, it's just not really the species like we kind of dig. Like I prefer some a little more fruit forward. Uh, but like, or you could, there's so many moments of inflection. You could be like, yo, what's, did y'all boil this water right? Like you could, you could blame the water. You could be like, when did you roast this? All this. And then if that fool's like, oh, we roasted a week ago. It's perfectly gassed off. Then you're like, crap. Uh, yeah, man. I don't know, dude. Maybe I had some like, I shouldn't have ate that. I shouldn't have ate that uh that empanada before I got juice. here. I just had yeah. some orange juice. So, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. This <laughs> you know, yeah. you could do that. Uh, <laughs> my bad. I just had toothpaste. I just brushed my teeth, man. My my bad. Yeah. Yeah, you can blame a million things. You know what I'm saying? Uh, now if the dude is like, because usually it's like there's a language barrier. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to offend the entire country. You feel me? And yeah. in in the in the coffee industry, there's there's also like a part of it where you know they know the game. They know like they're not even selling us their best. It's their best goes to Dubai, you know, Uh, like, so the stuff that's like 95, 96%, like that are scoring that high, they're, you know, they selling that to Qatar and Dubai. So it's already not their best. You know what I'm saying? So when you bring it to me and you like this, your best, we can joke about it. Like, okay, fool, I know it's not your best. You know what I'm saying? And so there's ways to, to like defuse the moment Um, with mixtapes. However, Sometimes you have to tell young homie, like, listen, bro, you got to keep working on your craft. Dog. <laughs> like you can just, but the trick is to tell them specific things. Like you can't just be like, yo, this mug is trash. Like you have to be like, hey man, like, yo, this mix, this mix is kind of rough, homie. Like, you know, or, hey, I think maybe your voice doesn't, this isn't the right key for you. You feel me? Like, hey, I think you need something right here. Maybe this isn't your tempo. Do you have anything at a slower tempo? Do you have anything at yeah. a higher tempo? You could tell them stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, because, but you have to be specific. 
You know, because if you're not specific, you're a hater. If you're specific, then it's like, oh, he's giving me game. And if I give you game, be very specific, and you still salty about it, it's like, all right, homie, good luck. You know what I'm saying? Somebody like it, you know, <laughs> yeah. in SoundCloud, go to SoundCloud. It, somebody gonna like it, you know? It, it's like when I watch like Chef's Table or one of those shows where I feel like, you know, like this Michelin star chef like travels to some like French country, countryside pasture yes. that has been growing the same grass for like 10 generations so that the cows that eat it can can produce a certain kind of milk and it's aged in the same barn yes. to make these wheels of Parmesan and they knock on it with a little hammer to make sure like the resonance like, oh, this is ripe. And there's that moment where the chef like takes a bite of the Parmesan. I always want that to go differently. Dude. Because you just see their face like, oh, I taste the year. I want them one time to be like, Mm, I was kind of looking for more of a, a little mid zone type of situation here. Kind of mid. Yeah, yeah, little little mid, man. Dude, I, I want to, you know, I appreciate the 300 years of history. <laughs> I want so bad for someone on like a Comedy Central or somebody to write a show where the guy is like a traveling chef guy and but he has a really weak stomach so every time he bites something he kind of gags a little like he just 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 everything makes him nauseous so when he bites it he can't get it down and he's still trying to like so he bites the truffle and he's just like is that man is that am i am i tasting a little nutmeg hold on a little <laughs> they should have a show for people who with IBS. Yeah. They should have a food show for people with IBS. Oh, yeah. You, know, you have a system of stomach. I agree with that. Yeah. And, 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 but, but instead of like foods to solve that issue, it's foods that are going to be the absolute worst. Yeah. Well, how far you, you can take the line to where you're like, and, what tastes yeah. so good that's not going to destroy you for the next hour? <laughs> <laughs> who's not yeah, watching? It, who's, who's not, not watching? Because. <laughs> Like if you're in Sweden or if you're in like some remote location there for the food, yeah. you don't want to have the the bubble. Guts I don't want bubble guts the, the whole time. So what can eat, I eat? Know? That's yeah, not going to exactly. destroy me, but still yeah. going to be good. I don't just want to come here for broth. Yeah, you know. Hello, my name is Franz Schwartzman, one of the greatest chefs ever to live. I have a terrifying, debilitating stomach allergy to all seafood. Today. <laughs> An afternoon in a South Korean seafood wet market. Join me. You know what I mean? Like, who's not watching? I'm watching that. Who? Who? Watching his face like, growl well, up while the chef is trying to tell him. And the guy's just making all these like, oh my God, I'm, I'm dying here faces. That'd be wonderful. Excuse me. Where is your restroom? <laughs> I like your, uh, I like your Scandinavian so prob, accent, man. Prob, Thank you. With when you did um, Terraform coffee, mm -hmm. cold brew, canned, really cool can label design, stuff like that. Did you ever consider doing like custom collaborations with controversial influencers mm -hmm. online to make custom labels? I was just wondering because it could be good press for you. All you know, they say there's no such thing as bad press. I am open to anybody. I don't care if you, I don't care if you being canceled. You know what I'm saying? Like, like somebody, somebody. Wait, you're going to do a Harvey Weinstein special he's edition? Got a fan base. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh my I'm God. I'm kidding. Bill Cosby. I'm kidding. Bros in. You know? <laughs> give me the Bill Cosby can of Terraform. Oh man, cool. no, I'm kidding. But dude, yeah, no, I'll do custom. <laughs> I'll do, look, man, I'm down for anything right now, especially at this point in the, in the, nobody told me, I thought selling coffee, I thought this was just like selling merch. I was wrong. This is starting uh -huh. a business. I was like, oh, sales calls and, and quarterly statements. And I was like, oh, mm -hmm. I get why companies have 
somebody in charge of admin, somebody in charge of sales, somebody in charge of marketing. Mm -hmm. I was like, because for all of my career, the product has been me. You know what I'm saying? And this was mm -hmm. the first time that I'm not the product. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's different. Yeah, man. It's, it's uh, A, it's a tough market to crack that you're trying yeah. to crack. And B, the idea that somebody is buying a canned cold brew online that they haven't yeah. tasted, that's another challenge yeah. too. I mean, so you've got some pretty big barriers to get people to get excited about it. But hey, we're doing our I appreciate part. it. Jesse and I are our are, are customers. You are. And yeah. it's it's excellent stuff. And it's shelf stable in the fridge for up to yeah. a year. In the cabinet. So, you can like, keep it in the cabinet. You it know, tastes better it, in the fridge, but I, you could I love canned I'm I'm I am incredibly lazy when it comes to things around my yeah. home. You know, making coffee is such a chore for me. <laughs> and much less how you guys Prop make cannot coffee. relate to no. you. Prop spends 17 it's minutes for, for every cup. Oh, He's doing I've witnessed, like, I, I've witnessed it. It's like watching, you know, White in, on, in the Super Lab. Like, <laughs> it's a, it's a liturgy, yeah. bro. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's a, it's a, it's a game of precision. Yeah. Where for me, you know, I'm I'm just blindly scooping and I, you know I'm I'm pulling the pot away before it's even brewed. I just ready you know to what go I mean? and it's dripping. I don't have the patience. Well, look, canned coffee is one of the greatest inventions. And I'm giving so you the I, quality, I the quality of my 17 minute brewed. You know what I'm saying? In a can that you could just crack open. Uh -huh. I'll even look. I right now, let's get organic. I will open up the relevant. Let me open up Spot Shopify here. Promo code relevant. I'm about to make it right now. Done. Boom. Let's do yeah. it. All right, everybody. 15% off. What's the website? What's the URL? Terraformcoldbrew.com. 15% off is. on the checkout at Relevant. Everybody go do it. Promo code Relevant. Spell it right because it won't work if you don't spell it right. Yeah, don't spell it like Reliant K spelled it for the gold record that they sent oh us. Oh, my God. They spelled it R-E-L-E-V-E-N-T. So anyway, <laughs> uh, which I thought was funny because I put it on the yes. wall. All right. Well, like I said, on Tuesday's show coming up, we will go into the album more. Uh, but in the meantime, go get it. Uh, Terraform, the possibility releases today. Get it on every platform um, out there. You can uh, go check it out. It's, it's awesome. And can't wait for you guys to hear it, share it, spread the word, and then come back on Tuesday and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about it. I love it. All right, we have a great show in store for you. Uh, coming up later, we talked to author Lisa Turkhurst. We had her on the show, I don't know, like six months ago. Powerful devotional that she came out with. She has a really powerful story. Um, we wanted to talk to her again. So she's coming up. You don't want to miss that. All right, stay tuned. Coming up next, it's Relevant Buzz. To Chai, the song is Para Para. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen season four. 
Episodes 1 through 3 of The Chosen Season 4 are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for Relevant Buzz. So here's the thing. Normally, Emily will just pop on and do Relevant Buzz with the cast and we all talk about it. But Emily, right now, through the magic of paid time off, is on vacation. Right, right, right now. So, right, right before, literally moments before she leaves for vacation, we were like, "Oh no, we need relevant buzz." So she and I are recording uh, relevant buzz without the cast. The cast is going to come back right after this segment, but we didn't want to let you down, and we know you listeners would be longing for and missing Emily. So we want to make sure she could be on this podcast. Welcome, Emily Brown. That it might be the most beautiful introduction you've ever given me. Um, I'm so glad to be here moments before I leave for vacation. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you're so glad to be here before you leave for a week yeah. of vacation. Yeah, yeah. Jesse has gotten on <laughs> during his week of vacation. You're like, no, 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 hard boundaries, yeah. pers- you know, work-life yeah. balance. I'm gone. I'm the kind of person like on my social media, I will probably tweet something like, hey guys, going out of town for the week. If you need me, no, you don't. Because don't bother me. I, I'm a big vacation girl. I love that. Uh, I agree with it 100%, which is why we're recording it. Just me and you. All right. So, Relevant Buzz, covering what's happening this week at the intersection of faith and culture. Tell us what's going on. Um, Well, I'm actually really glad that I am part of this conversation because there is some big stuff happening in the Southern Baptist Convention. Last week, they had their annual meeting in New Orleans, and they made a pretty big decision that I think we need to unpack here. Uh, at the convention, uh, they heard from two churches, Saddleback Church, started by Rick Warren, uh, and Fern Creek Baptist Church in Kentucky. Uh, and these two churches had been brought forth because they have women pastors on staff. And according to the Southern Baptist Convention bylaws, that is not allowed. And uh, the 13,000 members were voting on whether or not these churches should be expelled from the convention. Uh, overwhelmingly, they were expelled. Uh, nearly 88% voted to uphold the church's bans from the SBC. So these two churches are no longer part of the convention. And because of that, the SBC has also strengthened their statement of beliefs um, regarding the role of women in ministry, saying that while both men and women are gifted for service in the church, the office of pastor is limited to men as qualified by scripture. That is a quote from them. Okay, just want to clarify. The thing you just read is the existing statement of theology. There was a proposal at last week's convention by one of the members to evolve it, saying that no woman can be employed on a pastoral staff at a SBC correct, church. Correct. Um, so a new, um, right, a new amendment has been proposed by Virginia Pastor Mike Law to the SBC Constitution, saying that the Southern Baptist Church um, does not affirm, appoint, or employ a woman as a pastor of any kind. Any kind. And that's a key distinction because like the Saddleback dynamic is a very common dynamic with Mm non-denominational churches, AG churches, where the senior pastor uh, who replaced Rick Warren, he and his wife are both kind of co-pastors. She also does some teaching. So on staff, she's a teaching Mm -hmm. pastor. She wasn't the main pastor. So that's how they justified it. She was just a pastor Mm -hmm. on the pastoral staff. And the SBC said, absolutely not. If you read their current statement of belief, 
it says like the mm-hmm. pastor has to be a man. And so now they're evolving that to say of any mm-hmm. kind, pastor of any kind. So so what's interesting to me, especially is that in that conversation about voting on this more stringent restriction about women in ministry, which did pass, mm-hmm. it won't be enacted until next year's convention when it has to get voted on again, but with a two thirds majority. But um, one of the things that was interesting was a list was widely shared that there are currently 170 Southern Baptist mm-hmm. churches that have women on their pastoral staff. Now that is not a lead right. pastor per se. It may be children's pastor it may be women's pastor, maybe worship pastor, but 170 churches. So if they are being consistent as a denomination, sorry, they don't call themselves the denomination. It's an association or whatever they convention. Um, if, if they're being consistent, kicking Saddleback out, they're going to have to kick out another 170 mm-hmm. churches. And that to me is like cutting off your face to spite your nose. I mean, it's like, it is a declining association, the largest evangelical denomination in the country and has been declining every year for mm-hmm. years. And just last year, we reported this a few weeks ago, lost half a million members last mm-hmm. year largely because they're kicking out Saddleback and other prominent churches, but they lost half a million members. And now there's 170 more churches that have women employed on the pastoral staffs. They're going to have to be excommunicated as well. It's like, okay, cool guys. Uh, Either (laughs) we might want to have a conversation Mm -hmm. here or you're going to like sideline yourselves into oblivion. Like, I, I don't know. It's just interesting. As a non-Baptist, it's just interesting to watch this decision-making happen in real time. Yeah, it's interesting as a former Baptist uh, to watch it happen as well, because uh, I grew up in this church, or grew up in an SBC church. Um, I have heard this language my whole life um, that shifted in college for a variety of reasons. Uh, but just kind of being outside of that now and seeing uh, what's the conversation that's going on, you know, it is... Again, like I said, I grew up in it, so it's not completely shocking, but it is interesting that they are strengthening it to include things like you said, like or, uh, roles like children's ministry, or children's ministry, worship pastor, things like that. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see what these 170 churches do, because really they have two options. One is continue to employ these women and have them on staff and transition out of an SBC church or adhere to those new laws and have to fire or get rid of um, these at once considered qualified women. And now they have to find a man to replace them. But like you said, I, I it is interesting too, because the SBC, I think for well over a decade has been consistently losing members each year. Um, so you'd think they'd want to do something to not lose more members. Um, but it looks like they are willing to take that risk and strengthen their constitution for, for their convention. I, g- good for them. <laughs> I don't get it. Whatever. <laughs> SBC. Y'all. It's a, it's its own realm. I'll give them that. It's like, it's like, okay, if the thing we've been doing has led to our decline year after year for the last decade plus, maybe we should, I'm not saying que sera, sera, believe whatever you want, but Rick Warren made some very compelling mm-hmm. case cases last week about how the fundamental theological approach of the Southern Baptist Convention radically changed in the last 20 years. And 
up to that change, the denomination thrived and grew every mm -hmm. year. And then they enacted this hardcore, you have to believe this letter of the law to be deemed SBC. And they have since that moment declined mm -hmm. every year. And it's like prior to that, we were an association of co independent congregations that had certain things we agreed on, but there's definitely their thing, which made us want to, you know, unify and link arms together. But then there was things that we didn't necessarily have to agree mm -hmm. on. And, and now you have to agree to every letter of this law or else you're deemed unworthy. Rick Warren made the point that there's something like, I'm going to misquote this 49,000 words mm -hmm. in the statement of belief. And Rick said, we disagree on one word that is 99.99999% agreement. And he said to the Congress, to the meeting with, you know, however many thousands of people there, he said, isn't that good enough? And the auditorium shouted back at him. No, that is wild yeah. to me that we disagree on one word and you're going to expel, you know, pretty much the most prominent mm -hmm. church in your association. That is just wild to me. But anyway, go Christians. SCC, they got to keep things on their toes, you know, keep it interesting. Yeah, keep it interesting. Why can't we just have good old fashioned church splits like the good old oh, days? Oh, I mean, you know? I guarantee you the SBC is also still happening. Those are still happening there. <laughs> I went through quite a few church splits as a kid. Did you really? Uh, I've gone through three church splits in my life. Did your family like never speak to people who like went with the wrong one after that you know what's funny is the first one we were part of the group that left we went to a different church the second one when i was in high school we were part of the group that stayed so it's interesting to kind of i was on i've been on both sides of it um the part that you know the one that leaves and the one that stays um i don't know which side i like better it's <laughs> maybe don't choose churches that are so contentious they keep splitting you know, <laughs> well, so after the third one happened when I was in college, my pastor at the time that I left with that group and I was talking with the pastor who also left and it was the first time he'd gone through a church split. And I was kind of like walking him through it being like, Oh, I know how to deal with this. And I told him, I was like, if it makes you feel better, you can just kind of blame it on me. Cause at this point I think I might be the common denominator here <laughs> that all three of these churches, like all, every church I've been a part of has split. So all right, well, watch out the belonging co in Nashville. <laughs> Downtown Emily Brown is in your midst, and apparently she's a, a, a divisive Sorry. force there. I was there. seven when the first one happened, so I don't think we can blame that one on me, but hey, maybe. It maybe. started in the children's ministry. You had a female <laughs> children's pastor, and that was just way too controversial for yeah. your Baptist church. Yeah. yeah. All right, what else is going on? <laughs> uh, the next thing uh, is something that is very interesting to me. Uh, the CW announced last week, The Chosen will start airing this summer. Um, so they're going to, the first three seasons have already been made. And starting in July, they're going to release an episode each week um, and just, you know, promote it to the its national U.S. broadcast debut um, on the CW of all channels. Through the end of the year. I mean, it's not like a the little eight year. week miniseries. Like mm -hmm. they're, they're running it from June till, yeah. till it's now done. Now that Riverdale's over, they had to fill that time slot, I guess. So <laughs> every Thursday, right after Lois and Clark, make sure yeah. to stay tuned for the chosen. Is that? I mean, truly, what is on the CW? It's Riverdale's over. Then, so it's just superheroes. And whose now, line is it anyway? I don't know that the. I guess that's on the CW. Improv show. It was. I think it got canceled. To be honest with you, oh. the, Wayne, the Wayne Brady show. Yeah. Um, let me think. I don't I actually don't know. It's not my target demo. 
Um, I don't know whose it is. Well, there you go. I mean, that's a big deal. Like, when was the, when was the Bible on TV? Other than, I think, AD, that uh, NBC did a series with Mark oh, Burnett yeah. and Roma Downey for like, you know, eight, ten episodes. Um, yeah. Back 10, 12 years ago. And yeah. uh, I guess that, that was the last time the Bible was on broadcast television. Good for, good yeah. for the chosen. Yeah. Um, and the CW seems pretty excited about it. I do have to read this one quote. This is the fr- best. From the CW's president of entertainment. Uh, he's, <laughs> let's see if I can get through this. Uh, the chosen is based on the biggest IP of all time and is truly a one of a kind series that tells us historically significant story in a captivating, dramatic and premium way. And I really need us to focus on the fact that he's referring to the chosen. I'm sorry. He's referring to the biggest IP of all time, which is, Jesus. The Bible, yeah. Jesus. Um, I'm currently, or now and forever, I will be referring to my faith as part of the biggest IP of all time. For sure. Because. I'm a uh, Jesus what, follower. <laughs> he is the biggest IP of all time. Yeah. What a beautiful way to describe our faith. <laughs> I'm not a Swifty. I'm a Jesus-y. He's a way bigger IP than Taylor Swift. You know? Chris- Christian. The word you're looking for oh, is Christian. Christian. Not a Jesus-y. <laughs> Yeah, Christians were the original fangirls, okay? So let's let's put some respect on their name. All right. Well, there's a lot more buzz where that comes from. Make sure to check relevantmagazine.com every weekday. Where we're posting the latest at the intersection of faith and culture and justice and life, all the good stuff. Uh, thanks, Emily. Thanks for doing this extra little bonus segment with me before you leave on your well-deserved vacation. Uh, we miss you. I'm, I'm saying this in the current of when the people are listening to it. We miss you because I know that we will be, though yet I, at the moment of this recording, don't yet miss you. I know that I will miss you. Yeah, that tracks. That wasn't confusing at all. Got it. All right, perfect. All right, relevantmagazine.com. See you, Emily. Bye, guys. Stay tuned. Up next, Lisa Turkers joins us. to internet boy the song is bestie hey if you like this podcast but you might like it better if there were no ads you can do that head over to relevantmagazine.com and sign up for relevant plus for just a couple bucks a month you get this podcast ad free you get ad free unlimited reading at relevantmagazine.com including the full podcast and magazine archives our beautifully designed digital issue and a little more uh check out all the info right there on the relevant plus tab at relevantmagazine.com our guest today is author and speaker Lisa Turkers, the president and chief visionary officer of Proverbs 31 Ministries and six-time New York Times best-selling author. She's recently released her latest book, Good Boundaries and Goodbyes, where she helps us stop the dysfunction of unhealthy relationships by showing us biblical ways to set boundaries and when necessary, say goodbye without losing the best of who we are. Here's part of our conversation with Lisa Turkers.
love to talk specifically about family members. What are some ways that we can sort of navigate those boundaries in a healthy way? Well, remember where there is that feeling of relational chaos, that's usually an indication where, okay, there needs to be some sort of a boundary here. So how this sometimes shows up for people is they start thinking about the family gathering and different personalities that will be invited to the family gathering and different dynamics that create some anxiety that you really don't want to be part of the holiday meal. So let's use Thanksgiving for an example. Let's say you love getting together with your family at Thanksgiving and you're having everyone over to your home and um, and you treasure your Uncle Fred. He's amazing. However, he loves to bring up politically divisive, almost polarizing conversations because he just loves a great debate. And you just absolutely don't have the emotional capacity to get pulled into one of those kinds of conversations because you start to realize in the past that does not bring out the best in me and all of a sudden I get knee deep in this conversation with Fred and then Judy pops in and Emmeline pops in and suddenly now we've got three different other people who maybe they all see something one way and I see it a different way and now I feel ganged up against and now I'm feeling rejected by my own family and now I'm getting defensive and now I'm raising my voice and now Thanksgiving went from this beautiful celebration where I'm thankful for my family to this disastrous conversation that I am angry, feeling rejected, feeling unheard, feeling unseen, feeling definitely underappreciated because I just cooked all this food and cleaned the house and had everybody over and decorated and all this stuff. And it just starts to swirl and I lose it. Push back from the Thanksgiving table and just say, fine. You know, if, if this is the way things are going to be, blah, 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 blah. And suddenly I go from being this kind gracious host to being someone who just lost their cool and so I think about these kinds of things ahead of time and therefore I want to keep the best of who I am front and center so with my book Good Boundaries and Goodbyes the subtitle is Loving Others Without Losing the Best of Who I Am and so I think to myself, if I want to be kind, if I want to be a gracious host, if I want to demonstrate everything that's really true to why I'm having this Thanksgiving dinner in the first place, then I need to have a conversation with Fred ahead of time. And I need to inform him. I don't need to over explain or justify or even try to control Fred because it's not my job to control him. It's my job to control me. And so I just inform Fred through a phone conversation or maybe through an email. Uncle Fred, you are such a delight and I'm so grateful you're able to come to Thanksgiving this year. I do need to inform you, I do not have the emotional capacity for certain topics and politically divisive uh, conversations to arise. Therefore, you are welcome to do whatever it is that you feel like you need to do, but I need to inform you if those topics come up, then I will kindly step away from the table until those conversations have ended. 
So therefore, I'm not trying to control Fred, but I am informing him. If you want me to stay at the table, then we need to avoid those conversations. And it's okay if he refuses. I mean, it's not okay. He should be respectful of that. But you're not going to try to control him. You're not going to try to manipulate him. You're not going to try to control an uncontrollable situation. But you are going to remain self-controlled. And if that means removing yourself from the table temporarily or removing yourself from that conversation, just turn and talk to the other friends at the table, um, then you've already established that ahead of time. And you already have a plan. See, we need to plan in times of strength for times of potential chaos or weakness. And so that's your way to plan. Now, remember that third word, besides access and responsibility, the third word is consequence. You have to think through what is this going to cost you? Because it may cost you being able to talk to that end of the table. It may cost you a 15 minute break where you remove yourself from the table and then come back when the conversation's over. So it will cost you something, but if it saves your sanity and keeps you stable and um, helps you stay self-controlled, then it's worth it. question I wanted to talk about, you know, your book talks about goodbyes as well. So, you know, when someone doesn't respect our boundaries, how, how do we know when it's time to say goodbye? Well, we need to look for not a mistake that someone made, you know, we need to look for, is this a pattern of behavior? Because look, we're all going to make mistakes. And just because we make a mistake doesn't necessarily mean there needs to be a goodbye, depending on the severity of the mistake, obviously. But when this becomes a repeated pattern of behavior where the other person really is unwilling or maybe incapable of bringing responsibility to properly handle what you know, what they need to be responsible for within the dynamics of their part of this relationship. If they bring zero responsibility, then we need to consider zero access. And we need to take steps, not leaps. And we need to recognize that some goodbyes are just for a season, a temporary separation, and other goodbyes maybe for much longer. But as we consider this, there's two things that I would highly recommend before saying goodbye. Number one is ask yourself, is this a repeated pattern where I am unsafe, unstable, or I feel like I'm losing my sanity. I keep saying to myself, this is making me crazy or am I crazy, you know? So ask yourself some really wise questions. And secondly, don't go at it alone get other wise people to help you and don't hide information from them. Don't don't soften what is the reality of the situation so that the wise counsel you have can really help you assess how unstable is this? How unsafe is this? How much is this affecting your sanity? And, um, and of course, I think it's wise to to always get some good counseling as well. You know, I have an amazing Christian counselor and he was one of my trusted advisors and confidants in me being able to process when enough was enough.
did want to throw kind of one more question out to you. Um, like I said, I grew up in the South and I think this is a pretty common idea in the South um, that we are supposed to be very welcoming and inviting. Um, and we do see that in scripture as well, but I feel it a lot in the South mostly. Um, how do we balance being welcoming and inviting with still establishing those boundaries? Well, I would say we establish boundaries so that we can remain welcoming and inviting. And what I mean by that is if you are allowing unhealthy dysfunctions in so many relationships, you're going to get worn out, worn down and fractured and frazzled. And it's going to have the opposite effect. You're not going to want to be welcoming. You're going to start having cynicism like all people are just awful and all Christians are awful or all, you know, community groups are awful, you know, because you, you've allowed the lack of boundaries to bring out this fractured, frazzled version of yourself. And so for the sake of remaining gracious and welcoming or whatever is true to your personality and the best of who you want to be, you have to establish boundaries. So remember, boundaries are not meant to shove other people away. They're meant to hold me together so that I can love others well without losing the best of who I am. Now, I will also add to that, being a Southern girl myself, um, there are certain expectations that can get very confusing. Like, well, didn't Jesus call us to lay down our life for our friends? Didn't Jesus model we were to lay down our life for our friends? Yes, Jesus laid down his life, but he did it to accomplish a high and holy purpose. He did not do it to enable bad behavior or people please. Lisa Turkhurst. Make sure to check out her latest book, Good Boundaries and Goodbyes. All right, stay tuned up next. It's your feedback. You're listening to Voices of Fire and Pharrell Williams. The song is Joy Unspeakable. It's not often you get gospel songs featuring Pharrell. I think it's happened a couple of times, but it's a great song. Today's show is brought to you in part by The Chosen. Season four of The Chosen is coming to theaters nationwide on February 1st, and this season has everything. Clashing Kingdoms rival rulers, and when they're threatened by the reality of Jesus' growing influence, religious leaders do the unthinkable, choose to ally themselves with the Romans. As the seeds of betrayal are planted and opposition to Jesus' message turns violent, 
he's left with no alternative but to demand his followers rise up. So get ready, relevant podcast listeners. February 1st is the big release day. Go get your tickets now at thechosenriseup.com. All right, well, it's time for your feedback normally. But what about this episode has been normal? Literally nothing. So I told you Emily is out. And while we pre-prepared a couple of segments, we did not pre-prepare your feedback. So your feedback is just living on Twitter. And if you want to go see the answer to last week's question of the week, you can find relevant podcast on Twitter and it's all there. Look at our mentions and stuff like that. So instead of doing your feedback, I thought we would continue something we did on the last episode, a summer edition of Would You Rather. Cameron, I want to do that, but yes, you know, sometimes a little peek behind the curtain. Sometimes, you know, between segments, we, you know, we have a minute or two and I'm just casually scrolling as I often do on, I'm not a TikTok user, but I use Instagram reels, which I feel like Instagram Reels right, is basically uh, yeah, it's basically TikTok three days later. Yes, it's like oh, did you see what all the kids uh, were looking? Three weeks later, buddy. Maybe did you see, two did weeks, you see what all the weeks. kids were looking at a couple weeks ago? Anyway, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. but it's the same thing. Who cares, right? And apparently, I mean, TikTok is uh, uh, TikTok is Reddit three days later. Apparently, anyway, go on. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. And, and and I'm not I'm not trying to have the Chinese government you know be all up on my devices. Knowing what kind of dance videos I watch, that's clearly a threat to <laughs> yeah the future of <laughs> national security. China has infiltrated the TikTok algorithm. I didn't know China cared about my love of power washers yeah, it's, it's like, for, yeah. and and rug cleaners and rug ASMR. Wait, wait, wait! Is this seriously in your algorithm? Is that your algorithm on TikTok? You've never seen the rug washer ASMR? Yeah, I mean, not the ASMR. I'll see rug washers duet somebody like a Chappelle comedy sketch and then on the other frame, they're just cleaning rugs. No, 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 no. I follow a a spot from Colorado and I mean, I sound like Homer Simpson looking at donuts. I'm just like, oh yeah, clean that rug. It is the (laughs) dopest thing. I don't know what happened. The day, I'll tell you, the day the hour we signed the papers to own this house, all of a sudden, I cared about all of it. Lawns, power edgers, power washers, cleaning rugs. I did not, I could not care less until then. Anyway. Well, r- real quick, can I recommend the subreddit oddly satisfying? It is It Please. is nothing but that type of content of, of like, yes. you know, just things being cleaned in a very precise way or, or, or whatever. You get the idea. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. you know, scrolling between segments, killing some time as as we do with our with that's what reels are for, right? Sitting in line somewhere, yeah. like waiting in line at the grocery store or whatever at a stoplight. Mm-hmm. Um, that's basically what they're used for is to kill a few minutes. I've I, I mostly understand how the algorithm works. Like it's a lot of basketball highlights, <laughs> a lot of funny memes, a lot of stand up comedy, a lot of like you know comedians on podcasts or whatever. I've had two things start popping up on the algorithm that I have no idea why they keep getting served to me, but I'm kind of here for it. One is <laughs> content completely centered around the golfer, John Daly. Do you guys know John Daly? <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, I, I get John Daly clips on my feed too. 
Well, how is this happening? Not a clue. I, I, I play. I don't know. Okay, I play. I play golf maybe once a year if it's like, or or maybe twice a year if it's like a, a friend's birthday or like a wedding. I play twice something. a decade and I get these golf clips. I, I, it's I so don't, strange. I don't know who John Daly is. He's the guy. He's like the big fat guy who would like have a beer in one hand, a cigar in his mouth, and then whack a ball like four hundred yards. He was a pro golfer. He was, oh. like, he was the Babe Ruth of of pro golfing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he, he's, okay. He's this. He's this debauched lunatic who goes from golf tournament to golf tournament in like a traveling circus caravan uh, of like okay. trailers that just it's like he posts up and, and parties everywhere anywhere he's dresses outrageous he's objectively hilarious but the thing is like but 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 like but legit golfer because like there's stories upon stories really upon stories though. of like him at the masters yeah. the night before the opening tee uh, you know for the masters qualifying you know he's like trying to get some of the other golfers to like party with them and it's like dude I'm going to bed it's 9 p.m. we got to golf at 6 a.m. and then like like he's John Daly stays up till four in the morning, partying, drugs, drinking, the whole thing. Goes out there oh. at six a.m. for tee off, and it like is in second place out of eight hundred golfers. See what like, doing he's with like, him. it's it's insane, it. like how successful he is with how little he cares about the sport. You know, so. Well, I'm definitely gonna start. I'm gonna take my phone off. I'm gonna take my phone off airplane mode so it can hear me say his name, John Daly. John Daly, and we'll see if it shows up in my but algorithm. Here, here, here's what's so baffling to me. I don't talk about John Daly. I don't search the Ever. internet for John Daly-related yeah. content. I Zero. rarely think about John Daly. But for some <laughs> reason, every fifth clip has become John Daly content. And I don't know why, but Cameron, I find it interesting that you're also getting served yeah. a tremendous amount of John Daly content yeah. these days. Well, it it's is because it's because I th here's my theory is like one kind of went viral and I paused long enough on it to watch long enough on it. It read my iris of my eyes, enjoying it. And it said more of that content. And so now it's like shoving me golf content and I scroll past all of this tutorial stuff really fast. But when a crazy John Daly one sh shows up, I maybe don't scroll quite as fast. And so it thinks that I like John Daly videos. John, Here's my That's theory. So John Daly is slowly taking over the Instagram algorithm. It is becoming a John Daly site. Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> has gone full John Daly. And I'll be honest, I think I'm here. Like we, we always hear about how nefarious these algorithms are and, and, and how AI is going to take over the world. But if the first yeah. step in the world domination is just serving everyone on the planet a lot of John Daly videos, <laughs> then I'm not that worried. The other thing- the other thing, and, and again, I don't know why I'm getting served this. I keep getting clips of this dude who's like a young guy, and he's and he, he apparently all, it's like a podcast, right? It, or appears to be. And he's only telling stories about his brief time in some sort of low security prison. And it is about people <laughs> sneaking McDonald's in. It's about how he watched the guy hop the fence and run into the woods one day. I'll be honest. I'm, I'm here for the content. And once I started getting served them, I just don't know why I'm getting this young guy who went to some financial crime and went to a minimum security prison and he's just telling minimum security prison stories. I don't know why I get that. And John I Daly think, have taken over my feed. I think there's something too when Apple started launching the ask app not to track type situation that mm -hmm. now they're working with a much smaller data body on you so they're just guessing you know what i'm saying 
So when when our when our apps were tracking everything, they knew so much about us. They could they could hyper focus. Now you don't know enough about me because I'll be telling my apps not to track me. So now, I, yeah, my I feel like my algorithm every about four or five days just picks a topic. One time it was just yeah. like what yeah. it's just dudes that like brush their hair to get waves. You know what I'm saying? So it's just black dudes brushing their hair to make waves <laughs> in their hair. And I was like, well, first of all, I have dreadlocks. So y'all just y'all you really guessing. <laughs> then after that, it was, you know, comedy things. Then it was uh, you know, like sexy chefs. And I was like, yeah. what like you're you're guessing. You're just guessing. I'm I'm getting a lot of people getting pulled over right now. Like Karen's getting pulled over yeah. and yes. like y- yelling at the cops in the middle of the night but, and stuff but, like that. But at, at some point there's a computer making a decision like, Oh, Cameron yes. just signed on. I bet. I know what he's looking for. More stories from a minimum security prison told by a 27 year old nerdy white guy. Let's feed him six of yeah. them right in a row. Right in a row. How about light fixtures? Like just guessing. All right. How about this? Here is a very in shape shirtless man cooking uh, shrimp parmesan. Here you go. Prop. That's what I'll get. Like, it is, yeah, it's like, like word. <laughs> it's like one who's making. Hey, look content. at this. Look at this Amazon find. You can stuff cotton balls into this it, small space with a clear handle. And I'm like, it's dope. I, Thanks. It, it to me, it's like it's like the, that algorithm has come like the big lots of internet media yes. content it's like it's not the premium goods that you see floating around going viral it's like well someone created all this john daily content we got to serve it every once in a while it's the big lots it's this didn't sell the first it's, it's the clearance oh content algorithm it, it's, it's the back corner Burlington, of tj, TJ max yeah yes <laughs> My TikTok is the TJ Maxx of algorithms. Great. It's like these memes memes are not meant for prime time. These memes are, you know, we got to get rid of them. We got to shuffle them out and get the new stuff in. We got a lot of minimum security prison story content. Get them through the algorithm. I want to know, like when I think about like influencers and stuff like the Kardashians or whatever, when they're scrolling TikTok, you think that their feeds are like this aspirational thing that represents their life and style and all that. But you know that if the algorithm is doing this stuff to us, it's doing it to Kim Kardashian too. She's scrolling and seeing like people get pulled over and carpet cleaning videos and all the yeah. random stuff we're seeing too. And that cracks me up that like, you yeah. know, like there are these influencers in this space and their videos aren't getting seen because some carpet cleaning video caught the algorithm better than their video that their team made, you know, that kind of thing. That's that's hilarious to me. Yeah. Speaking of which, I really want to know what's what's their like on the nose, just like mom life, dad life, like ad that's popping up in theirs because she's still a mom. Moms is moms. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes moms want a really nice pillow. Like, you know, uh, what what's the sham wow of her world? Like what? You know, she's yeah. just seeing these terracotta like, you know, uh, counter cleaning and she's just like oh my god dude that would maybe be dropping stuff all over the carpet i can't ever get this stuff out the car you know what i'm saying like what is that yeah. that's popping up on hers jesse just sent us a picture of john daly in the chat did you it, see it it's for prop? frame of reference for prop oh let me look oh my god he just saw john daly for the first time in his life yes party <laughs> santa right now that's i was party santa well, yes. I, hope, I hope you get the gift of him being served to your album. But the other one I get is like, yeah. is usually it's, it's, a, it's a young guy and he's looking very stoically right at the camera and he's nodding 
making eye contact and he's pointing up and above like the, the like text comes on the screen like the four craziest monkey videos YouTube had to pull down and you're like all right what? I don't know why he's so serious about this but I'm watching him you know and it's like <laughs> just like crazy monkey again I I I'm not, I'm no longer skeptical of these algorithms I think they're just cracking the code <laughs> on what people actually want to watch you know but Listen, I think Crop is is dead on because I have all the privacy turned on in my TikTok and IG where it's like I turned off the mic, you know, yeah. like I don't let it track me and all this kind of stuff. So my algorithm being completely random is my own fault. Yeah, I I am. I'm kind of like you, Jesse. I kind of liked the heyday of the my my online experience knew me. The yeah. ads were tailored it's a trade to me. Off, man. Content was tailored to me. Yeah. And I'm kind it's of really going, a trade off. I kind of want to go back to it. I kind of want to go back to that. But and you know what? It's crazy. Like I, I do listen to some of these like tech like podcasts and stuff like that. And that's one of the things that they're talking about futuristically. It's like we hated it, but it's almost like you don't know what you got till it's gone, man. You yeah. know, we were mad that these ads were nailing it because it's like that's creepy. But they're like, OK. Well, if you don't want to sue, then yeah, here's this completely irrelevant thing that doesn't matter to you at all. And it's like, why are you showing me this? Well, because we don't know you anymore. When you told us everything about you, we could give you exactly what you were looking for. We feel like we were losing you. So we brought out our, our heavy hitter. John yes. Daly. He's John, John Daly. Daly. Yeah. Literally. This will bring you back in. Yeah. Dude, that should be his nickname, the heavy hitter. Why is this heavy hitter? Party Santa. Party Santa, the heavy hitter. So, so prop to this point though, about the tracking is like, I, I was always for it. Like I wasn't a big privacy person who cares. I don't have anything to hide. I mean, you guys can hack my phone and release all my photos of my dog and my kid, you know, like I don't care. Um, but so I, I was never a big privacy person. The, the, the thing that changed the conversation for me was augmented reality where obviously you know, we're at the very beginning of true augmented reality being part of our lives, but this is literally our future where your car dashboard or or your car windshield will be an augmented reality screen. Your, Mm -hmm. you know, glasses won't look like the new Apple goggles. They'll look like normal glasses Glasses. and things like that. And so what you see in the real world will be augmented digitally. And they talk about the algorithm and the trap with that is that there will be a lot of bias in it. And so like you're walking Mm -hmm. in a mall or in a store and the future good version is you walk into that store, the store knows you walked into that store and knows what you've bought at that store and knows other things you've browsed online. So it can highlight certain products and pricing to you. And so like I walk into the store and I see a deal on Nike sneakers or I see a deal on this and it's like, Ooh, that's going to entice me because it knows me as a consumer and other people in that store wouldn't have that same deal. And I'm like, man, that sounds awesome from a position of privilege. It is awesome yeah. because the counter of that is people could walk in that store and that store doesn't want them as a customer and they get the inverse experience and they raise prices for certain types of yeah, customers. Yeah. You can't afford or this. They, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's a way of them being, you know, whether it's racial bias or, demo, you know, other demographic bias yeah. or economic bias and like, oh, that's not good for society. You know, it's going to widen the gap, you know? And so it's like, that to me is the scary part of the algorithm. Yeah, stuff, the way it's stuff. almost like, again, like if you don't ever get 
you know, the the bee out of your batter, if you will, no matter what you bake, it's going to have that. So, like, if we think of it like the way I try to say this is like, I know, right? Be, uh, like, unpack that one. What does that mean? Be out of the batter. Does that happen a lot? This is what I'm about to tell you. Where, hey, it does. Shut the window when you're cooking. That's all I'm saying. Where are you cooking? Yeah. Where are you baking? <laughs> Go inside to bake. Next next to an, an, an open beehive. Yeah. If you're fishing in the ocean, I'll mix my metaphor here. You're going to pull out a saltwater fish. Right. Because that's the ocean. If you're in freshwater, you're going to pull out a freshwater fish. You can argue about salmon spawning in freshwater, but they got to go back. You know why? Because salmon will die if they stay in the freshwater. The point I'm making is if the institution is biased, no matter what comes out of it, it's going to have a bias because it came out of that institution. So being surprised that the algorithm is going to have a bias is because our our institutions, that's what our goulash is. So that's what I meant by like, if you don't deal with the, the initial problem, right? Mm -hmm. That's the, which is the B in your batter. Thank you very much. Right. Then no matter what you, no matter. Still don't get that one. You know what I'm saying? You got a bug in the batter. So whether you make a biscuits, pancakes, waffles, it's going to have B crap in it. Cause you ain't take the B out of your batter. I was trying to be a little more white with my stuff. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I try. That's good. That's good. <laughs> but yeah, know, but the point is that, like, yeah. yeah, the point I'm trying to make is like, if you never deal with the, the fundamental institutional problem, no matter what yeah. we create that comes out of it, it's going to have that institutional issue. You know, it's just going to keep showing up everywhere. The catch 22 right now, like, right. You know, I, again, I enjoyed my, online experience more when I allowed tracking because things were yeah. more tailored to me. And now that I've turned all that off intentionally, I have the most random online random. experience, which uh, actually yeah. doesn't make me want to come back as often. You know what I mean? Cause it's I'm not worried. as for me. I'm worried. And so it it's like too well. I'm worried it knows I'm going to spend some time in a minimum security prison and it's prepping me with these hilarious podcast <laughs> stories. <laughs> So you're not going to be too stressed out when it inevitably yeah. happens. What yeah. other answer? There is, is no there? other answer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but 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 you know the idea then of that future where if I opted in to the cloud and my retail experience, my driving experience, my entertainment experience was tailored to me and what I would like most, that's that's a better way of living for me. But if I yeah. opt in and it actually feeds something that's harmful for society yeah. because it would be conversely bad for somebody else. Um, then I can't in good conscience do that. So that's the catch 22. That's the fork as a society that we're facing right now, a fork in the road with all this algorithm. Stuff. Yeah. It's like at the end of the day, who is curating our experience? Mm -hmm. And yeah. mm -hmm. at least, at least we have in a, whether it's a, whether it's an illusion or not, you know, we still believe we're curating our own experience. We might be, led or guided if you will but if the if if the eyes for which i'm looking through things is through an augmented lens then that meant that there is a server telling my eyes what to see you know um yep. which like i said in some senses we could stretch that to be like well that's already how we live you know but is it though you know what i'm saying like is it have we reached a place like you said a point of inflection where we are no longer curating our experience 
you know. Well, okay, let um, me say, but to your point that you just made, it, we have been living in that reality because you drive into certain neighborhoods and there's check cashing stores and liquor stores at a much higher level than other neighborhoods. Yes. And so it's like already society has changed our experiences and our physical experiences and what is being pushed to us, the billboards that are being pushed to us and things like that. But this of would course. be at such a hyper-personalized yeah. level that it's inescapable. Yeah. All right. Well, we're not going to do Would You Rather. We just did deep thoughts about the algorithm and John Daly clips. I think we have a question of the week as well, which is what is the weirdest little meme rabbit hole that has suddenly popped up into your, like, I love Cameron, it. you have the pullover videos. I have prison guy and John Daly you know, uh, 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 probably have honest, attractive the, chef the people content. getting pulled, pulled over body cam videos are pretty, pretty awesome. <laughs> I, I, I'm I, a sucker. For I don't know them. how yeah. to get them into my feed, but I would, I would, if, if seeing people freak out during a pullover or DUI that goes sideways is great. I'm sorry. So it's pretty I, funny. I'm my own. But how do I enemy. get yeah. that? How, how do I trigger the algorithm? <laughs> I will send you a couple. Well, you know what? You're on reels. So I'll send you ones that I saw three weeks ago. And then you yeah, can, yeah. You can G- see give me reels. give me the ones that were very popular on, on TikTok approximately one month ago, and yeah. I will watch. I will <laughs> watch the <laughs> elder millennial reels. version, like a, like a real adult does. Okay, a real adult. I'm, I'm not sorry. I'm not 17. A real adult doesn't spend late night hours scrolling TikTok. A real adult spends late night hours scrolling Instagram reels. So send them that way. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and tell us the weirdest like algorithm wormholes that keep getting pushed to you. Send us clips. We will play them on the show next week. I did get a parkour uh, little bump one time, which was fun. Oh, I, I had a window of parkour. Yeah. yeah. I don't know where those went, but. Because it's not 2008. What are you talking about? You got parkour videos. I got some parkour videos. It, I told you they're guessing. I, they are guessing. And some of them, they were, I mean, it was like, whew, that was close right there. He almost fell off the side of that skyscraper. That was. <laughs> I do got it. I do get a few parkour me. fails though. Yeah. I get those, those these I've, days. I've, I've got Which are those. horrible. Yeah. yeah. Those are rough. Ah, that guy died. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> Hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank Lisa Turkers for joining us today. Make sure to check out her uh, recent book, Good Boundaries and Goodbyes. It's available wherever you get your books. Also, a couple of a couple of updates before we sign off. Um, if you haven't signed up yet for Relevant Plus, it is the best way to experience our content, including a gorgeously designed, enhanced digital magazine. You also get ad-free unlimited viewing at relevantmagazine.com. You get an ad-free version of this podcast an exclusive subscriber podcast each week as well. And plans start as low as just $250 a month. Um, there you go. If you don't want ads, you want unlimited and a beautiful digital magazine experience, check out Relevant Plus. All the info is right there at relevantmagazine.com. Also, make sure to follow us on all the socials. We're posting every day on Twitter, at Relevant, um, on Instagram, on Facebook, all of our content. You don't want to miss a thing. Or if you aren't a social media person, you can go over to our homepage and sign up for our daily newsletter where we send you our top five trending stories to your inbox each weekday morning. It's a great way to stay in the loop. Okay, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Propaganda. All right, Prop's going to join us on Tuesday. Don't miss it. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. 
Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com. Excuse me, where is your restroom? (laughs) Relevant Podcast Network. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but If you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.